and welcome to IOM3 Investigates, the podcast series of the Institute of Materials, Minerals and Mining. We are one of the UK's major science and engineering institutions and our activities are focused on the promotion and development of all aspects of the materials cycle. These include the science, design, engineering and technology of materials, minerals and mining and their practical applications. We facilitate qualifications, professional recognition and development, share knowledge and provide networking services to a global membership and wider community. We hope you enjoy our podcast series. Welcome to the latest episode of IOM3 Investigates as we launch the first Women in Materials, Minerals and Mining series. I am Fiona Robinson and my current role is a Senior Research Fellow in Electrical Machine Design at the University of South Wales. I am on the IOM3 Women in Materials, Minerals and Mining Committee, also known as WIM3. I am delighted to launch this new podcast series focused on speaking with women in various backgrounds and industries from engineering and materials to minerals and mining to chat a bit about their careers and how they got to where they are now, be it by education, industry or other routes. I'm joined now by Adele Royal, who is owner and co-director of two companies, Honey Crown Rubber Products Limited and Polly Mars Limited with her husband, Simon. So Adele, if you could uh, tell me a little bit about your educational background and how you were first introduced to the possibility of a career in materials. Yeah, when I was at school in what was then the, the fifth year, we had a careers advisor came to school and talk to us all about the careers and all I wanted to be was a pathologist and that's what I'd said and they they said oh no you can't you can't just say that at 15 16 you've got to have a broad range of what you'd like to do so they had a computer system a new computer system that had been brought in and they said can you be a guinea pig and can you have a go at this computer system so I did it was lots of questions answering over and over again I like this I don't like that I'm good at this I'm good at that Uh, my hobbies my interests And at the end of the program, it came out and it said, you've got an interest in science, which I knew. And they said, well, we now look at at courses and and careers that you could have a look into. And one of them that came up was was a course at what was then Manchester Polytechnic, which was John Dalton. And it was sponsored by the PPITB, the Plastics Process and Training Board, to go to do a BTEC national diploma um, at Manchester in polymer science and technology. I'd never heard of it. I'd never thought that I'd, I'd want to go into that. So they said, please, can you just go along? It's not been open to the Wigan area before. Um, so we'd like you just to be a test case for it and go along. So I did. I went along. In the interview, the first, one of the first things that they said to me was, it's a male-dominated industry and we don't, haven't had any women on this course. So, you know, but we're willing to sit and to have a chat to you and, and see what you're interested in. And from that moment, I thought, right, I'm going to show you, I'm going to get on this course. And I I got offered a place, got the O-level results to get on there. And there I was. I spent two years full-time at Manchester, the only female on the course, and was successful in in getting the the BTEC. From then, I was offered a job at Dunlop on a day release. So they, again, in the interview, I was told that women don't work on the shop floor. Again, I, I, I sort of put my stubborn side on and thought, no, I will, I'll do this. Got it, got the job, and the rest is history. So I did a part-time 
HNC, day release at Manchester. And then from then, once I did the HNC, I did the degree. That's a really lucky opportunity. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's It's amazing how things turn out. Yeah, so the the pathology career was just forgotten. (laughs) So can you describe your current role and the path your career's taken to get there? Because it's quite a difference between being employed and owning your own company. Yeah, so currently... I'm co-director of two companies, Polymars Limited, which has been trading for 13 years, and Honey Crown Rubber Products, which has been trading for four years. I'm in business with my husband, Simon, who's also got a background in the, in the rubber industry on the, the commercial side. So basically what happened, I did all my training through Dunlop and BTR. And uh, in various different roles, like I said, I started off in technical, and then I got experience in production management and then moved into a business manager role. Through various different departments and businesses that I worked for, the last one actually closed down, and the site closed, and they merged a company to another site. So the role that I had at the end was to actually outsource all the the materials that were being purchased in, teach the um, new companies how to manufacture the materials, once I'd done all that, and so my job was made redundant, and I got a job working for a company selling rubber compound, Eastland Compounding. From then, I, I worked there on, on the, the sales side, and, and that's where I met my husband, Simon. We then, Simon got offered a job down in Hereford, and so we, we decided to move down here. It was a, a great opportunity for Simon, so we moved down. At that time, I decided that I would set up Polymars because I had 20 plus years experience in the rubber industry. So it was set up as a consultancy company, business and technical consultancy. But what I soon realized was that I had contacts and a lot of networking and a lot of people that I knew. And so I started setting up a material trading side to Polymars. I would buy and sell materials. So basically, if a company had a smaller requirement for materials and was needed a, a smaller quantity, I would then, I had contacts and I would buy off larger companies and then sell to another company. And that was how Polymars came about. So Polymars grew so much so that it was too difficult for me to, to manage myself. And we made the decision for Simon to join the business six years ago. So Simon did that. He left his, his job and we, we worked together. Again, with relationships and people that we knew, this a company called Honey Crown Limited was a, a supplier to us as Polymars and we had a relationship with them. The, the owner died suddenly, leaving it business to his wife. Um, and then she died suddenly, which left a nephew there that didn't know anything about the rubber industry or the business and asked us to come in and have a look and do some business consultancy with him. So we did that. The end of, of the consultancy, he, he said, actually, I'd like you to take this business off my hands. I, I, I'm no interest in it. I just want to carry on with, with my businesses. And so we, we actually purchased Honey Crown from him because of the, the business as it was. Honey Crown Limited was liquidated and we bought the trading side of that business and set up Honey Crown Rubber Products. We managed to buy a facility in ross on and relocated the business here and set up the trading side of, of Honey Crown Limited. So that's what we, we do. We buy and sell rubber seals and washers all over the world, really, UK, Europe, um, out to Canada, America, China. So yeah, that's where we are now. 
your technical knowledge of the rubber industry combined with your husband's commercial knowledge in that field has really stood you in good stead to be yes. able to run your own business. Yes, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's 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 very good on on the the commercial side and and does a lot of the talking with our suppliers and dock controls. And again, on the technical side, you know, we, I, I work together with with new inquiries, new businesses, new products. And we've built the, the business was a failing business. It was less than £200,000 turnover four years ago. And now this the end of this month, we'll be breaking over £400,000 turnover. So with a bit of care and attention, it's a growing business. Yeah. But I think you know, it's important, it shows the importance of having the technical knowledge and technical experience and yeah. you know, the, the, to have the confidence really yes. to, to be able to turn it around. The technical knowledge can't be underestimated. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. You know, we, we, get, we do get, um, you know, a lot of our customers have, they are standard products and they do come, but we do get a lot of inquiries that somebody will just give you um, an application. And so we do develop products for, from start so yes you need the technical knowledge for that to know which polymer group which which type what hardness and, and etc that you need to use for, for each each seal and washer so what what do you think has been your most significant achievement in your career so far I think really setting up our own business having the having the courage and the confidence to do it and to know that you can do it you know it's difficult it's tough and certainly these last few months of it can be challenging times yeah. you can't predict anything oh. but I think that's probably the greatest achievement is to have the confidence to know that yeah you can do it you can if, you, if that's that's what you want to do then then you know pursue it and what's been your biggest challenge or obstacle that you've faced in your career and how did you overcome it I think possibly um children <laughs> in the best possible way yeah. But certainly as a mum returning to work with my two boys from my first marriage, who are now 22 and 19, I was very much in the middle of my career. Again, I worked in an all-male environment and I was told on many occasions that I had to be better than my male counterparts and I had to work twice as hard. And so to decide to have a family in that type of environment was quite a challenge to be able to go back to work and to manage that two boys went into full-time nursery so I dropped them off at 7.30 in the morning pick them up at six at night basically give them the tea put them to bed and then start all over again the next day that was a big challenge and also the comments that you have as a female in an all-male environment um, and it's just to to stand proud and, and know and your own ability that you are as good as your if not better sometimes as your male counterparts and just to keep going and not to take the knocks is just yeah. to, to keep going. Yeah. Did you take a career break or just maternity <laughs> no, I leave? I, I took, no, I just took the minimum time. So I was, I was off for 12 weeks with both of the boys. It was different with my other two boys because I, I was running polymars at the time. So my second two boys are, are 12 and 10. I had my own business. So I worked from home. So that was easier. So until they got to about two years old and they started picking up pens and writing all over important paperwork and managed to balance that working from home. So, you know, that two different sides of things, but I would say the biggest challenge was, was trying to continue with a career as well as bringing up children. Yeah, I can relate to that because when I had my children, I was working in the production areas in the steel industry yeah. and, you know, you can only take the minimum of maternity leave 
Yeah. And then in an all male environment, they view women as going off to have a holiday for maternity yeah. leave or yeah. when they come back, they're not committed to their career anymore, which isn't yeah. true. That's right. And on both occasions that, that I had the, the two older boys, within two weeks of going back, I was sent on residential um, training courses for a week. And I just felt that was a test. You know, how committed are you? Yeah. Are you going to do this? Will you leave a, a three-month-old baby at home with your husband, you know, to, to go and do this? And I felt the pressure that I had to do that. And, and on both occasions, yeah, I did it. And, and that's difficult, you know, and I just thought it, yeah. it, it's almost being tested to see if you are still as career-minded you know you, you haven't got cotton wool and nappies in between your ears oh yeah yeah I think it's quite it's quite similar in the steel industry as well it's a challenge but I think you've got to be quite determined and yeah. you know stand your ground yeah what are your future career plans or professional ambitions that you still have the moment is to get these two businesses through the current environment. Mm. I mean, it's quite difficult and we're, we're seeing a lot of businesses really, really struggling and, and hit. So it's let's get through this at the moment. I'd love to grow, certainly Honey Crown. It, that takes most of the business because we've got the building now, we've got a factory. And so we to, to build that up and to we've got currently two staff working for us and is to, to build that up to good business a better business with turnover and, and um, profitability and have that as a, as a nice, comfortable, manageable business. I'd like to do sort of some mentoring and support for young female students that are coming through the industry, certainly from in the rubber industry that I see. There's very few trainees coming through in it, it you know, just to know how many that were on my degree course and my HNC courses. They're not run at the they're not run at all now in, Man, in Manchester. So that that's a worry is to know that there is still a rubber industry there. There's still a need for young technical people coming through. And I'd like to try and get involved in that more. Yeah. Do you think there may be a possibility that your company could do, say, short placements or something if any people absolutely. are you know, studying yeah. for a qualification? Yeah, absolutely. It's something that we're, we, we are looking into is, is taking on, on an apprentice to train onto the technical side and work on the technical side. I'm in my 50s now, so I'm not going to be, and Simon's in his 50s, we're not going to be around too much longer. My two older boys, are, they've both in, gone into engineering, mechanical and electrical engineering. So whether they're interested in the business, I'm not sure. We need somebody technical to come alongside yeah. the business. So yes, it, you know, we would look at, we are looking at um, taking on an apprentice. Yeah, but it's a, you know, that's a very long-term commitment and it Absolutely. takes a lot of planning as well. I think that getting the practical skills of an apprenticeship is an excellent way to get into your career. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that's exactly how, how I did it yeah, on a day release. And, and it is, you get, you get the balance of, of work and, and the academic side as well. Yeah, and I, you know, from my experience in industry, that's developed some excellent people. They've yeah. come in and they've done a four-year modern apprenticeship and some of them have turned into fantastic employees. They've yeah. really found a true vocation as a result of doing apprenticeship. Is there anything that you wish you'd known or done differently earlier in your career that you could give as a tip to someone setting out in materials? I think it's, it's just believe. It's yeah. just believing in your ability. I know that there was, there was quite a few times that I thought, oh, no, I can't do that. Yeah. I, I, I won't apply for that job because I don't think I'm ready for it. I'd say try it. You yeah. don't know until you, you try it yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you don't know what opportunities are around there. So 
yeah, if you feel that you can do it, there's no harm in trying. And I think maybe if I'm happy the way my career has moved and, and, that, and where we are now, but there's certain opportunities that I looked at and thought, no, I can't do that. I'm not ready for that. And uh-huh. so I wouldn't say no, I'd just look into it. Yeah, I'd agree. I think, you know, looking back earlier in my career, there's lots of times where I think I talked myself out of it or there were plenty of usually men who were quick enough to tell me what I couldn't do or I hadn't done. And then you start to sort of doubt yourself and you think, well, perhaps not. And I think now, now I'm older. I think, well, what's the harm in trying? The worst that can happen is that they say no. No, yeah, that's right. (laughs) If you'd like to find out more about the IOM3 Women in Materials, Minerals and Mining Group, please visit the IOM3 website at www.iom3.org or follow us on LinkedIn by searching IOM3 Women in Materials, Minerals and Mining. Please also don't forget to subscribe to hear more from us through Apple, Google Podcasts or Spotify.